Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. Not just saying apply this with your fingertips, uh, massage in. Offering a method really helps, but I think luckily people are waking up to the fact that they can do that little bit more through face massage and pressure techniques. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, The Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hi, I hope you're doing well. So I've got a great guest on for you today. My guest is Nadira Fee Persaud, and she is a skincare expert, a makeup artist, and she has lots of knowledge when it comes to the skin, facial workouts, makeup tips. So it's an episode which is just jam-packed full of nuggets of information that you're going to absolutely love. And before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit about our distance learning course. So if you want to become a teacher of the Danielle Collins face yoga method, you can train in face yoga in your own time, at your own pace, in the comfort of your own home. So you're sent a manual, you study the manual with all of the text and the videos, you learn everything from the anatomy and physiology of the face to how to teach face exercises, massage, acupressure. There's loads of wellness techniques and you are also taught how to do one-to-one sessions group sessions, how to plan sessions. And when you've done all of your study, you complete a written assignment and then you do your practical assignment, which is a little mini face yoga class with either myself or one of our super trainers on Skype. And during that Skype session, you also get to ask lots of questions and go through anything you need to as well. And then after that, you get your certificate and you are listed on our website as a certified teacher of the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method, which is an international qualification and means you can teach face yoga anywhere in the world and you can start the course at any time. So anytime you sign up, you can just get going straight away. So if you'd like more information on that, you just go to faceyogaexpert.com slash teacher training. And let's get into this week's episode with Nadira. Hi Nadira, how are you doing today? Hi, Danielle. I'm good, thank you. Um, The sun is shining, so that's a positive. I know, such a beautiful day and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I know that there's so much you're going to be able to share with us and what I really wanted to do to get started is to hear a little bit about how you got started. So how your journey into the beauty industry, into the makeup industry started and maybe you could tell us a little bit about how long you've been doing it as well because I know you've been doing it for a long time. Oh yes, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's over twenty five years now, actually. Wow, which seems really that's gone really quickly. But I've crammed in a lot, which is great. 
but my starting point was, I'd really say my starting point was my love of art and being a very creative person and also not really knowing where to take that. There didn't really seem to be the opportunities there. It only seemed to be that the options were to be an artist. Mm -hmm. But I have a love of history as well and popular culture. I got a place at the London College of Fashion because then I did discover that, oh, yeah, there are all these people that do all this great TV stuff and film work and work with great teams. So I studied at the London College of Fashion at the beginning of the 90s. And that was a great way to express myself with my art, find out where my, how creative I could be. And makeup, because of my art background, makeup was just a great way of going, okay, this is another medium, but I'm using a face and I'm still using brushes and I can use colour and I can still express myself. And from then on, I really had a big interest in fashion but I don't think my personality didn't really suit fashion. I think because I'm always quite holistic about things and about how people feel, you know, doing makeup, you're in someone's personal space. So I just felt like I, was, I love fashion, but I just I didn't my personality didn't fall into that category. So I started moving into things like advertising and beauty and then it just picked up on my interest in skincare and very much about skin. And that's where I've sort of taken my style uh, in terms of my portfolio. Every, even if there's colour, make colour cosmetics there, ultimately the skin is, is the main statement. Absolutely. And that's something which you do so well. And I know something which you also talk about a lot is finding that balance between looking good and feeling good. And how has that sort of filtered into what you do over the years? So, for example, if you're doing makeup on a shoot or you're giving somewhere someone skincare advice, how does that sort of feeling good and looking good balance come into that for you? I think it's because you do a little bit of a consultation before. I mean, I always tend to research who I'm making up or if it's a private client, I try to get as much information about their lifestyle because all of this has an impact. If you're a busy mum, a busy working mum or someone that's an executive, if I give you so many steps to a look, with lots of complicated products and lots of complicated techniques, that's not going to work for you. So it's about sort of fine tuning, fine, getting as much information as possible. And I think with consultations for photo shoots taught me that I really have to make some really important decisions and make sure I've got that those solutions in my kit. So I always have a vast array of products because you've cut, it's the one of the worst things not having what you need and uh, that's my job that's my responsibility to have all that ammo there basically but also I'd say when I was working with the Katie Piper Foundation when they started up I was their makeup advisor and that came about because I was asked to do Katie's makeup when she just got to the stage where she wasn't wearing her mask all the time the um, protective mask for her skin 
So I was really conscious about, well, how do I make her up Mm. um, without uh, causing any more harm and to make sure she's always comfortable and that, you know, how sensitive eyes, how am I going to apply makeup? So I researched a lot in terms of what are the best products to use. And say, for instance, for foundation, I ended up doing airbrushing mm-hmm. um, because it was just the least amount of contact on the skin. And it's just through that will and want to research and just come really well prepared that I think that's sort of seen me through. And which is why I'll get clients of all different age groups from the women that have never worn makeup to the women that have gone through something dreadful or trauma in their lives, which does come up when you're wanting to transform yourself. Mm. So it's it's on those levels that, that I was really interested in. And I just thought, actually, yeah, I've got far more of a responsibility than just putting makeup on. It's not something frivolous. It's not vanity. It's a really, um, it's far more important than that. Absolutely. And I completely agree. And that's something which I share all the time. You know, yes, I'll show someone uh, maybe a face exercise that helps to lift the cheek. But actually, it's not just about lifting the cheek. It's about what you can do to feel good on the inside. And when we feel good on the inside, this is radiates out through our face more than anything. So the inside outside balance, as you say, is so, so important. And something which I really love that you brought up during all that is about the simplicity, the simplicity of makeup and, and skincare. And I was wondering maybe whether you could share some very sort of simple makeup tips that we could all use because most of us are busy and most of us just haven't got that much time to apply makeup in the morning. But what would you say would be a few key things that we could do to help us not only look good, but actually feel good on the inside? I think the starting point would be the skincare part Mm -hmm. because there's so much to be said about that sort of radiant glow. And I always refer to that post shower glow that you get. Yeah. We all, the skin looks sort of plump and radiant and there's a bit of flush of color to the cheeks. It's sort of about either mimicking that or trying to maintain it somehow so um, skincare is really important and just having, I think in the mornings, because that's the time when you're sort of, there's time limits on things. So doing a, a cleanse in the shower using either a face brush, you can get a cleansing brush or using a muslin cloth, that will just help oxygenate the skin and just make sure that the blood is flowing. And that really saves time. I have to say, I've got to the stage where I'm doing my face workouts in the shower because that's, that's great. <laughs> the time that I've got to yeah. do it, really. So it's just utilising your time really well. Mm-hmm. So I'd say sort of, yeah, cleansing. And I don't, I don't tend to do, I wouldn't necessarily uh, dictate to someone to do a full cleanse in the morning. Mm. I think things like a face wash, are perfectly fine something gentle yeah. but the act of circulating the adding 
more oxygen into the skin will really help. Mm. And then it's a focus on eyes, really, in terms of makeup. And one step I never like to miss out is eyelash curlers. Okay. Because it really does open up and brighten up the eyes. The, the lashes, the lashes are the things that pretty up a look and pretty up the face. So I think you get the most out of your mascara if you use eyelash curlers beforehand. That's really important. And then the focus on the um, eyebrows as well, maintaining that shape. And if you need to fill in, using soft products to, um, soft products, I mean things like brow gels, are really handy it's Mm. just gels something that's on a sort of mascara wand are so quick and easy to use it's that saving time not picking up a brush and having to be really intricate about it if if that's what helps save you time Mm. I think it's a lot especially as we go into our over 40s it's about focusing on those products that just work that you're not fiddling about with loads of other products to do one thing. Definitely completely agree with all of that. And it's interesting you say as we go into our 40s and I and I read a post of yours today on Instagram how you're saying that you're starting to approach 50 and am I right in thinking you're not there yet yeah. but you're, not there you're yet, starting you're starting <laughs> starting to approach that that sort of age and um what would you say is the most important thing that we can all do to have great skin at 50 so whether someone's listening to this and they're already into their 50s or 60s or beyond or maybe they're listening and they're in their 20s but actually they really just want to have great skin and look and feel as good as they possibly can when they do get to 50 what would be your top tips for that I'd say it's investing in those products. There's mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, sometimes you hear someone say, oh, I, I used this product and it always worked, but then I moved on to something else. Yeah. And it's like they constantly go through what other people are suggesting mm-hmm. is the hot thing. The problem in the UK sometimes, it's just like always wanting a quick fix. Yeah. So, but I think, invest in that product I'd rather save my money to invest in something that actually worked for me Mm. stick to your guns just not really listen to what everyone else says what works for you works for you Mm -hmm. sometimes things don't work for everyone but if you know that this product always worked for you then reinvest in it and I know cost can be a factor but I think that's where People used to really save up for their one special thing that they would do for themselves that would give them pleasure. And I think it's getting back to that. We're so wasteful. Mm -hmm. Uh, People buy products and don't even finish them. And I'm in a position with a makeup kit, which never gets, it's constantly evolving and changing because that's part of my job. But I'd love to be able to finish a bit more than I do Mm. but my skincare I absolutely do try to finish um so I think it's investing in those key products that have worked and always worked uh, that you should revisit 
And I'd say implementing some face massage into your routine, whether it just be while you're cleansing, just being mindful of what direction you're going in. Don't expect that product to do everything. Yeah. Absolutely. It's completely true. And it is finding that balance between the the skin and, as you say, the massage and the facial workout, because you need them to help each other. The products go so much deeper into the skin through the massage and the massage is so much more effective with the products. So they do definitely go hand in hand for sure. They do. And I think more brands are cottoning on to offering a method for actually for decades I've been walloping on about having a method and I love it when I see a brand that gives you a method gives you a little ritual to do with that product those are the things that make me want to go back and be loyal Mm -hmm. as a loyal customer so I think offering not you know not just saying apply this with your fingertips uh, massage in give offering a method really helps but I think luckily people are waking up to the fact that they can do that little bit more through face massage and pressure techniques for sure definitely and definitely people listening to this podcast are already on that road which is great and completely will be in line with what you're saying and I think they're fantastic tips that you just gave and another post actually which I read of yours on Instagram today which I love and again is something which I often talk about and share is about how certain lines in our face or puffiness we may get or dark circles how they can be really related to different emotions that we may have gone through maybe traumas maybe thoughts and I love I don't know if you remember the post that I'm talking about but you you talked a little bit about that you know when we have lines between the eyebrows and how this can be related to certain thoughts or emotions that that we're feeling can you talk us through a little bit about your sort of your take on that and your views on that just like we have expressions, things that we're feeling inside will definitely show up on the face. And it tends mm. to be in that central part of the face. Yeah. So you've got frown, if you're frown, if you have frown lines down the nose, around the mouth, um, I call them trauma lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can you can often notice in a client whether they've been through a massive traumatic crisis point uh experience yeah see that and often when you have that conversation that comes out Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where we can all be functioning on the outside but something's going to give and something will eventually show and be visible so for me personally I did used to frown and I taught myself to to avoid doing it by really concentrating on doing massage in that area so it began to be that thing of my brain was starting to get that momentum that I want this open feeling all the time on my forehead yeah and that momentum has stayed because I constantly work at that and it's one of those things you've got to work at these things for things to become natural to you and then also with trauma lines I noticed when my I had a 
huge period of it was divorce, grief, trauma, just absolutely everything happening in a very short space of time. Mm-hmm. And I did start, to, it was also a time when I couldn't really, didn't really recognize myself when I looked in the mirror. Yeah. But I started to notice these folds around my mouth and they're not really lines. They can create lines, mm-hmm. but that fold, because you're not smiling, you're grief stricken. And that just, it's pretty much get, makes the, the lower part of your face quite numb yeah. and rigid. So I really worked hard to get rid of those once I sort of noticed them and Uh, A lot of those exercises I continue to do and I highly recommend to a lot of clients as well. And I think also given the situation we're in with lockdown, I think people are, you're not necessarily going to see all those signs of, don't really want to say the words aging, Mm. but you're not going to see those visible signs at the beginning of lockdown when you are feeling stressed and um, anxious. It's now the time when we're easing up on everything that you're going to notice changes in your face if you haven't had the time to maintain that, if you haven't followed any self-care, that's when you'll start to see it. Definitely, completely. And just in sort of in line with that, during lockdown, what was your sort of wellness routine and what was it that sort of kept you going and kept you sane during this time? Um, I have to say, I've probably learned that <laughs> I'm not as good as uh, self-care as I thought I was because it's my time is governed by something else my little one yeah so it was it was a real struggle to try to introduce that but I'd find that just having my time at night to it was more following self-soothing exercises not really my face but mainly my neck and shoulders Mm -hmm. because that's where I'll feel a lot of stress so I followed a lot of just a lot of massage on my on myself that just to feel soothed to calm me down to have a moment where I don't have anxiety also sitting out in the sun we've been so lucky with the weather during this whole period and I think just making sure I just had it was just about having time to sit Mm. and think or not to think so much and I, I'd follow exercise. I've been cycling every day and things like that. So just making sure I made the most of the great weather, but just giving a you know moment of time when I could yeah. to myself. Absolutely. Just to, I think it's about. I think in this period it was more about escaping for a bit. Mm. And I say that you know you know you're going to come back to something, but just having that moment to escape and just also just doing something for me that would make me feel good definitely and how have you found not being sort of I know it sounds silly but actually being on people's faces touching people's faces and being you know because you're so close you're so used to being so close to clients you know working with their skin doing their makeup and having so much of that human contact with your clients how did you find well, it was, I'm imagining you're still in that same situation, but how have you found the last sort of three months without that? 
I really miss it. Mm. And I think I may be slightly daunted by the fact of going back mm. and there's going to be even more barriers there's there. Even if you're in their physical space, there'll be I'll be PPE'd up. Yeah. As such. So um it's been really nice. I mean, during lockdown I've been doing virtual sessions, virtual beauty sessions and face workout sessions and skincare sessions. So that sort of kept me still involved and interested in what I do and still offer a lot of advice and, and get to see results. But it's not quite the same as that physical contact. Definitely. And I imagine that you massively miss that. And I think that, like you say, things are going to be different even as we do go back to normal we're all going to have to adjust to a different way of being and working and connecting how do you think that's going to affect the the sort of the future of the beauty industry either in a positive way or or in a negative way I think it firstly what springs to mind is just from a mental point of view we some of us go into these professions because of that because of that contact because of the the things that you pick up from feeling someone's skin mm. is immense you get so much information as well as talking to them so it's as much as i know how i would work if i'm in a situation now and be able to apply makeup without touching someone's face it will possibly be harder on me than them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and also people will miss that contact, but I will really struggle with that. Mm. So I think, oh, I, I there's just still going to be a lot of adjusting to do. And I think we will get to a point where it it's, it's becomes a sort of new normal. Mm. But I think people will miss the contact. Yeah, definitely. Just can't really fight that one. It's just there. It's just it because that's so part of human nature. It is. It is for sure. And yeah, I think there's going to be big changes all around. And I think, you know, there will be some positives come out of it in terms of people are now thinking of ways they can look after themselves better at home. So like we were yeah. saying, you know, how, how can we integrate those wellness techniques and those self-care techniques into our day-to-day -day life? How can we do our face massage while we're in the shower and so on? You know, all those things we're saying, you know, so there's definitely been a a shift, I think, in how people look after themselves because we've had to be self-sufficient. You know, we can't go and have a facial. We can't go and have a massage with someone. We can't go and get our makeup done. So it's about what can we do in our own home and what can we do in our own bathroom? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's just been, um, I think it's been really good for people mm. as well to see uh, what they can do and that maybe they can sort of spend a bit more time with themselves. Yeah. I think that's also important as well. Definitely. And what I'd like to do just before we finish is I'd like to do a little sort of quick fire quiz of some of your favourite things if you're up for that. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. <laughs> I always just find this is a bit of fun at the end of a podcast. Okay. So it's only simple things, nothing to worry about at all. Okay. <laughs> so your favourite colour? 
Orange. Your favourite crystal? Amethyst. Lovely. Your favourite drink? Oh, I'd have to say probably... Gin and tonic. Nice. Your favourite food? Love stir fries. Lovely. Quick and easy. Nice and healthy. Exactly. Do you have a favourite quote or mantra? I do, actually. It's an anonymous one. I don't mm. know who wrote it, but it's it's beauty that captures your attention, personality which captures your heart. Oh, that's so lovely. I haven't heard that one before. That's beautiful. Oh. Uh, are you a yogi? Do you have a favourite yoga pose? I don't do yoga. I'm more into Pilates. Okay, what's uh, your favourite Pilates I... exercise? Oh, <laughs> It's, oh gosh, t- trying to do some of the core exercises. Oh, I know. Really? It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of some of the names. No, nope, don't, don't worry Sorry. about names. <laughs> I love Pilates too. It's so good for the core. Amazing. Um, your favourite happy place? Oh, I'd have to say, I love going to Folkestone. Nice. Yeah, Lovely. you get the views. It's just that thing of seeing beyond. Yeah so far into the distance standing on the end of the harbour plus I've got some great friends there I go there and just it's all joy and happiness for oh me. that's gorgeous lovely and um, do you have a favourite song oh I have loads that's a really <laughs> tricky one because my my musical interests are quite sort of right what big and varied but um <gasps> oh. So there's so many. It's Do you like, know, this you always know, gets everyone. Every yes, time I ask people this, I'm like, under pressure. <laughs> because it depends on my mood. It's yeah. like I have, I feel like I've got an internal radio in my head. Mm. So I can tell if I'm not in a really good place because the song is going <laughs> to not be so jolly. That's, that varies, that's I'm afraid. No, that, that's a good answer. And finally, your top tip for inner peace. Oh, being kind to yourself Mm. I think once you're kind to yourself you can then be kind to others it just sort of starts to trend you know resonate from you absolutely for sure and Nadir if people want to get in contact with you how can they do that uh via my website Mm -hmm. nadiramakeup.com everything's there in terms of my sessions my book and everything else yeah send me a message even I get been getting some lovely messages during lockdown actually that's lovely amazing well you've shared so much with us today and you've been a fantastic guest and I know that my listeners are going to absolutely love listening to this episode so thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week oh it's a pleasure thanks for having me thank you So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.